down, please. Uh, we're talking about uh, divine healing. Divine healing, and I'm talking uh, basically talking about the divine healing message. And this is in preparation for a service on the 12th. And I'm so glad uh, uh, Robert is inviting a bunch of people. <laughs> I got some cards there that I put out for myself for Saturday. Uh, Robert's got, he grabbed everything. <laughs> I'm saying, those are my cards <laughs> for Saturday. So I got to print some more. But he's inviting people. And uh, Robert, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for what God's using you to do. Uh, but God's going to show up. Not because of our church or anything else, because of what I will be sharing, some of the things I will be sharing with you tonight. And um, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you can heal the sick. Amen. We don't like to say that. You don't heal the sick. God heals the sick. We all know that. Get off it, okay? Jesus said to heal the sick. You heal the sick, right? That's what he said. We're just doing what he said for us to do. If he said you can do it, you can do it, right? And if you say you cannot do it, who is lying? So we got to stay with what Jesus said, amen? So today I want to start with Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5, which we all know very well. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Can you say that with me? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let's say that again. Forget not all his benefits. So you got some benefits? Now we got to go to his benefits right now. Don't forget his benefits. Amen? Don't forget his benefits. Can we say that again? Don't forget his benefits. Don't get religious now. Don't forget his benefits. Tell your soul to bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and everything that is within me. If you don't want to bless it and you are within me, then get away from me, okay? Sickness, whatever it is, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, and don't forget all of his benefits. Not some, don't forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? He forgives all your iniquities. No matter what you've done, that's sin. He forgives all your iniquities. There is no minus, no plus, all your iniquities. He forgives all of them. That's why you're telling your soul to bless God, because your sins have been forgiven. If your sins are forgiven... And God has put your sins away. You no longer have sin. Calling yourself a sinner is contrary to what God says. If you believe that God has forgiven you all of your sins. God doesn't call you a sinner after that. He calls you a saint. Read the scriptures. You don't have to die to be a saint. A saint. Paul wrote to saints. To saints in Ephesus. They were living people that could read. So God speaking to you, after your sins are forgiven, you become a saint. You say, well, I don't feel like I'm a saint. That's your trouble. God says, 
You are a saint. Whether you feel it or not. It has nothing to do with feeling. Let God be true and every man a liar. God spoken and we're going to stay with what God says. Don't forget all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? What's the next benefit? Who heals all your diseases? How many diseases? All of them. This is scripture. God heals all your diseases. And he's not playing with words. He means what he said right here. God has healed all your diseases. Every disease has been healed. Who heals all your diseases? Meaning, if you get sick today, he will heal you. Because he heals all your diseases. The one you got yesterday and the one you got today don't matter. And the one you're going to get tomorrow. God heals all your diseases. So, he heals, he forgives, he redeems your life from destruction. I don't know about you, but many times I think, you know, I said this here on Sunday, previous Sunday, sometimes I watch it in television and see what is, what is going on in the Middle East and everywhere in the world. A child, a, a child or a woman being kidnapped and she's gone, you can't find her. That could be your child. You don't, those people didn't think anything like that was coming to them. And I'm thinking, what if I was born in Iraq? What can you do about it? Would you go to run away from it? Is God's favor on your life and you need to be grateful to him? That's why we don't receive much from God. Because people are not grateful. We are not thinking. You are able to eat and you are strong. There are people out there, they can't eat. They don't have anything to eat. For a whole week, they have nothing to eat. And here we are complaining. Why don't God do this for me? Why, God, why don't God do this? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Don't forget his benefits. He redeems your life from destruction. You could die. There are many people your age, many of them have died. They're gone. They accomplished nothing. They lived a miserable life. God's protected you. So we must bless him. We must be thankful when we come into God's house. Thank you, God. I can raise my hands and say, thank you, Jesus, and worship him. He appreciates it when we truly acknowledge his goodness towards us. He says, bless the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. We've got to bless him constantly and declare that he's good. Until we bless him, he doesn't know we're blessing him. We have to speak it with our mouth. Our mouth, then he hears it. Then he experiences it. Just thinking it is not good enough. Abraham had to lift up his knife before God stopped him. And then God said, I know. Do you think God didn't know he lo- Abraham loved God? God knew, but he never experienced it until Abraham did that. So we got to let him know. By our actions. He redeems our lives from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. You are crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. Everywhere you go, you have on your head, only kings wear crowns. Amen. So God has made us kings and priests. You are special to him. 
So you wear your crown, and your crown, your crown has a name. He's called loving kindness and tender mercies from God. They are new every morning. When you wake up, they're new. Your t- that tender mercy. He awakens me morning by morning. His mercies are new every morning. The one you had yesterday is no longer good enough for today. God's adding to that. And we have to believe it. You can't receive unless you believe. You, you, when you believe these things and begin to declare it, and you carry yourself as a prince, a child of God, Jesus was very clear. He said, you are from here. You are from beneath. I came from there. And people were saying, you came from there. We know your mother, Mary. How can you say you come from, we're all the same. But he knew who he was. And we really need to know who we are in Christ so that God can flow through us. Amen? He redeems our lives from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Until you acknowledge that, it will never happen. You have to acknowledge, I am carrying the mercy of God. I am carrying God's tender mercies. He goes with me day by day. Everywhere I go, I have God's tender mercies upon my life. I may not understand some of the troubles that I'm going through, but the scripture says a man born by a woman will always experience trouble. But in in addition to the troubles I'm having, behind all of that, I got tender mercies. And all things work together for good to those who love God. So my troubles are working for me, for my benefit. Amen? I don't cry about them. They are doing some good stuff in the secret for me. They got no choice because God's already spoken it. Amen? So you, you are crowned. You are crowned. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Some of us that are over 50, we know what that means. We'll feel good about that scripture. <laughs> oh, yes. We'll feel very good about this scripture. I want my youth renewed. Amen. Not when you wake up in the morning and you, you get out of bed and you want to go and your body says... Where do you think you're going? <laughs> we used to do that, but hey, listen. And by faith, I'm saying, be quiet. Don't say anything. Well, we're going to move. Amen. But it renews your youth like the eagles. So we need to believe the scriptures. God is not just speaking. And remember, God and His Word, they're one. If God stays away from His Word, He's no longer God. God and His Word are one. So when you believe God's Word, you honor Him. When you honor God's Word and say, I'm going to live my life by this because this is the truth, you honor God and God honors those who honor Him. That's what He told Moses, I will honor those who honor me. So we got to honor God's Word. I stopped last week by saying you can't separate the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel from healing. You just cannot separate it. Not if you have read through the New Testament. If you have read through the New Testament, you're going to wonder. It used to really baffle me. What's going on with the church? When I was a little boy, I went to this Baptist church. I saw nothing like what I read in the scriptures. 
They tell us it's New Testament. We are, we are in the New Testament. I say, well, I don't see any New Testament in our church. There's no New Testament there. When you read the New Testament and you start from the Gospel, I mean, instantly you begin to see, read of miracles after miracle, miracle after miracle, I mean, untold signs happening. Jesus doing it. And then you read, if you've never read it before, but think. If you've never read the scriptures before, and now they're killing Jesus, and you're thinking, wow, he's going back to heaven. This thing is going to stop. And then you're going to ask, and oh my God, these guys are doing it. And they're doing, I mean, awesome stuff, raising the dead just like Jesus did. It's like no difference when Jesus was here, and after he left, they continued, nothing changed. What's changed now? Peter sent everyone out and prayed over a leader that was dead. I mean, they had to call for Peter. She was already dead. They knew everybody was, they were crying. Peter laid over her and she was up. We're still living this, we're still living in New Testament times. Let me let you know, there are places in the world where they don't have good doctors. And they have nowhere else to go but to God. In those places... The pastors and the people, the children of God, the church, they are believing God and God's raising people from the dead. I'm telling you, it's happening. There are eight, when people were talking about HIV and all of the problems here, of looking for cure, God was healing them back in Africa. In church. Pastor says, go back and check yourself. And they come back negative. It's the same Jesus. There are people that have sickle cell. If you know what sickle cell is, there's a, there's a change in the DNA. So that it's a genetic disease. There's a change in the type of protein that's produced that produces the blood. And because of that, the blood itself becomes sickle-shaped. It's a genetic disease. There's no cure for it. You can't change the man's genes. And pastors pray for them, and they go back, and their genes have changed. We got living people that God's done this thing for. And we're wondering. We need to believe the scriptures. If we want Bible days miracle, we have to believe and act like people in Bible days. Because God is not a respecter of persons. He's not going to bend the rules just because it's 2014. And the people are too busy with their television. We got to stay with the scriptures. There was never a time that Jesus sent his disciples out to preach the gospel without the instruction to heal the sick. You can't see that. And Paul was very clear about it. He said, I don't want your faith to stand on words of human wisdom. But the power of God, that's what he said, I want you, your faith to, to, I want it to be real. Not just things that you absorb in your mind, which is very physical. I want this to be in the spirit realm, so you know there is a God. I don't want your faith resting in, in human wisdom, because people can use words, and they're charismatic with words, and people just run. But there's nothing there. He wants real faith in the power of God so when trouble comes you know when to stand, how to stand 
Jesus told us in the parable, very clear. He says, so I went out to sow. There were those that fell on the wayside, and then those among thorns and rock, and then on the good ground. But then comes the storm, right? Remember? And if you're not planted on the rock, he's, you're going to be blown away. So we've got to stay with the Word of God. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, I'm, I'm going to go first to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, that's the first time he said, I've used Luke because one after the other. Luke chapter 9, verse 1, he says, Then he called his disciples, his 12 disciples, so we know he's talking about 12. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Even before he told them to go, he already gave them power to heal sickness and disease. This was important to him when you preach the gospel. He called them together and then he gave them power. How? By speaking it to them. Hello. I'm sure you guys are thinking, the guy said, who? I feel it. No. He just told them, I'm now giving you your power and your authority. You go. We don't want to believe that. The pastor pour all the oil bottle on my head so I feel the anointing. You're receiving yourself fantasy. How did he give them authority? You thought, are you thinking he had authority and power in their hand and say, give me your hand. This is authority. No, he spoke it to them. He spoke it to them. What's going on there? Have mercy. This is church as well? Okay. <laughs> okay. See. I hope he was not watching television in church. <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> Have mercy. Okay. But he gave them authority by speaking to them. That's all he did. By speaking to them. I give you authority. And guess what? They believed it. They believed it. I know for most of us, we want to believe that they knew they were standing before God. Right? Oh, this was God. They didn't know that. They accepted that he was the son of God. They accepted that he was the Messiah. But I don't know if they really understood that that they were standing before God. That would have made a big difference in their thinking. None of them were asking a whole lot of questions. They know who God is. I don't think they knew that. They knew that he was the Messiah. But the whole mystery of it, I don't think they all knew. If they really knew that Jesus was the God, why would Philip, I believe it was uh, John chapter 14 verse 8, Philip said to Jesus, why don't you show us the Father and we'll be okay. If they know, he was looking right at the Father. God is one God. He's functioned in three different ways. He's the same God. He functioned as the Father and then he functioned as the Son. We don't have three gods, just one God. He functioned. The only thing is his function. We're called by, he's called by his function. When he's functioning as the Father, we function, he's God the Father. 
when he functioned as the son, because he took on human flesh, we saw him as the son of God. Now he's functioning as the Holy Spirit. And when you were baptized, they wanted every, Jesus wanted you to have all of the functions in your life. So he baptized you in the name of the Father. Notice, not names, but the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Not names, the name. Because he's one God. Different functions. They didn't know they were standing before God. Philip wanted to see the Father. But they knew who he was, just like we all know that he was the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Why don't we take his word then? All he said to them is, I'm going to send you out to preach. Now, right now, I'm giving you, all of you, 12 of you, power. To cast out devils. Power over demons and over disease. And they accepted it. And they went out, no question, first time praying for the sick. And God was doing it. Why can't we be that simple in our belief? Why do we want to make it so complicated and make it a mystery so that when we do it, everybody will say, wow, he's so powerful. Uh, All of us can do it. I don't like when people start telling me you have to go here so that this man will lay his hands on you for the anointing. You're wasting your time. If you don't understand the scriptures, they can even lay themselves on you. You won't be able to do anything. It's, it's fantasy. I just, I, 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 when I was a new Christian, when I was a child, I behaved like a child. When I became an adult, Hey, I put away childish things. I don't go to anybody, oh, please prophesy on me so that I know who I am. I already know who I am. I don't need your prophecy. If you give me a good prophecy, that's good. It's for me to use for battle. But I'm not going to use, I mean, not discounting prophecy. is very important. We need prophecy in the church. But we are not led by prophecy. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. When God gives you a prophecy, He zeroed you out to bless you and to share with you so that you can take the words because He's speaking directly to you and you can be comforted and strengthened to do what He's called you to do. But that's not the way He leads you. He encourages you and comforts you through those. And many times, even with Paul, when he heard the prophecy from Agabus, he already knew. And he wasn't moved by it. He listened to what Agabus, that was the prophet. He listened to what Agabus was saying. And then when they started crying, and he says, yeah, you are breaking my heart. Stop this nonsense. I already know this stuff. I'm ready to die for Jesus. And I'm going to Jerusalem. Whether there's prophecy or not, he could care less. We have to stay with scriptures. We have to stay with scriptures. I see Christians going, I mean, they're acting like babies, you know, running there back and forth. It's good if I can get something from this preacher that is going to help my life. But if you get anything, it's got to be his word. Because the spirit goes with the word. The word that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And they can anoint you for a gift. But not for an anointing from God. It doesn't work that way. A man can lay their hands for a gift and God will allow you to operate in that gift. But anointing, that's a different thing. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. And no man can give you more Holy Spirit. You don't have it. Amen. Why, why, did, I, why did I get this way? 
But notice, he sent them to preach the gospel after he had given them power and authority over how many demons? All of them. I told the lady one time, he said, she said to me, and some of you heard she, she uh, shared with us a testimony here. Uh, uh, she, she was going through this trouble with this demon, and I told her, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm going to let you know you got authority. You can deal with, it, with him, and this is how to deal with him. Now, she dealt with him, and she was free for a while, but he was still around. And then the next time, she called me. She was very scared. She said, uh, he came back. And stood in the room, and he had a real, and she was really scared. Another demon with him, and this one was really large, big demon. I said, I, I started laughing. I, she said, Pastor, good luck. It's not funny. I'm, this is real serious. I said, well, if I were you, what I would have done is tell the demon, oh, who is you? Who is that your friend? Is this the best you got? This this little one? This one is too small. Go and get a bigger demon. This one cannot help you. This one you brought now, he's not going to be of help to you. You need two more or five more of these big ones before before we can talk. But get lost. We don't have to be afraid of them. He gave them power over all demons. Big ones, small ones, fat ones, skinny ones, all of them. We can deal with all of them. He gave us power over all of them. But no, he didn't stop there. He gave them power to cure diseases. He said, Pastor, you mean me? Yes, you. He gave them power to cure diseases. When a Christian does that, he's not a superstar. He's being what he's supposed to be. A Christian minister. A servant of God. There's nothing unusual about him. We all have this. If you don't use your hand, your hand is going to become really skinny. But if you keep using your hand and you exercise your hand a lot, you develop a good bicep. Right? That's what's wrong with us. We're not using what God's given to us. And we're almost losing it. But the more you use it, the more people will notice. And the more they start thinking, oh, this is the gift. It used to be they said, well, he has a gift to help people receive the Holy Spirit. And I said, I don't want that gift. I just a Christian. Oh, he has the gift to cast out demons. That's your ministry. I don't have any ministry like that. I'm just a Christian. Oh, he's a healing minister. Really? Yeah. We all are healing ministers. God can use me in healing. I don't know that. But I don't focus on that. It's just something that I know. God's given me the authority and I can do it by his grace. Because he said I can do it. Not because I feel like I can do it. Because he said, I can do it. And that's good enough. And that should be good enough for you. You can do it when Jesus said, you can, you can. And if you say you can't, you make him a liar. And I'm not about to do that. Amen. So he gave them power to cure diseases. Then he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God. And then he tells them again, and to what? Heal the sick. Preach 
and heal the sick. Preach and heal the sick. Preach and heal the sick. When you go preaching, also know you have been sent to heal the sick. So in your office, you say, well, God understands we are in the office. I'm not going to pray here. Call the guy aside. Preach and what? Heal the sick. And see what God does. They may start coming to your office, including your boss. He says, I have a little headache and I've been hearing from these guys that you can pray. Could you pray for me? And after you've prayed for him and God touches him, he's not going to let you go from that company. Amen? Many of us are losing our favor because we are too afraid to let God be God in our lives. If God uses you to pray for your boss who is sick or his child that is dying and he's aware, he, after he prayed, that child changed, he fears you in that office. He probably know that's the only person I can trust. He knows God. And you find unusual favor in his sight. He's not going to let you go. Amen. He sent the, ten, the twelve out and they healed the sick. Then... In Luke chapter 10, he did again. He did send people out again. He says, after these things, after the 10 received, the first one was Luke chapter 9. Now we are going to chapter 10. He says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others. Not 12 now, 70 of them. Christians. Not the apostles now, because we only have 12 apostles. He said, well, the apostles can do this. Jesus says, no, not so. We got 70 now this time. That's a lot of people. 70 of them. He sent them two by two the first time. This time again, he's sending them out two by two. He said, he appointed 70 others also. And sent them two by two before his face into every city and every place where he himself was about to go. Basically, they go and they show off. Hello. And they said, our master, I'm telling you, our master is coming to you later. Amen. And when they say, you mean you have another one that is greater than you? They can do these things? Say, yeah, he's coming to town. Guess what? They are ready to receive him. Amen. That's what he's sending you to do. That's what he's sending you to do. To make the way. John the Baptist went before him. Here we have 12 and 70 going before him before he comes in. You are the one that makes the way for him to come in. And he sends them out again. Everywhere that he's going. In verse 8 it says, he's still instructing them. He says, whatever city you enter and they receive you, Eat such things as are set before you. And then see what it is. And don't just eat and preach, okay? Hello? Don't just eat and preach. It says you eat what's set before you and heal the sick. There. Heal the sick. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. 
You can't say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you until you have healed the sick. Right? That's not gospel according to good luck. It's there in the scriptures. You read it for yourself. That's what he's saying. Heal the sick. That's one of the things I said the other time when I knew that God was calling me to ministry. My thing with him, God, you're going to send me to do this. I will have to see these miracles. Hello, I've got to see these miracles. And he told me, yeah. The very first meeting I went, the very first, very first meeting that was in Lagos, Nigeria, after I left for ministry, it was clear. God started healing people. And some of them, I didn't have to pray for them. They were sitting while I was preaching, and God was healing them. And it didn't take too long before the pastor started uh, uh, introducing me to the crowd as a healing minister. I never, I never thought that, but once I heard it from two or three pastors, well, I said, well, I guess that's what they call me now. But God told me very clearly. He said, that's not who you are. You are just a man who believes what I'm saying about this. That's all you are. He said, if you can convince them to believe my word, I'll heal them. And that was all I did. So I preached. I went through the same scriptures I'm telling you now. And I stayed with it. And after that, I was confident, based on his word, he's going to heal them. And guess what he did? He healed them. Back pain, all kinds of things, including blind, deaf, dumb. I have videos in my office. They come and say, this girl is dumb and deaf. Uh, We want you to pray. We'll pray. And I say, one. And she says, one, two. She can hear and she can speak. But that never happened to me. But I'm telling you, not because of me, but I have a congregation now, by the grace of God, and I'm going to pour out what God has told me, that you can do exactly the same. You can do exactly the same. You can go out. More of us, the better for the kingdom of God. We've got to get rid of our own belief. We really need to get rid of our own belief and stay with the scripture. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let me tell you this. There is no, there are certain areas in Christianity that people fight and oppose and they call you names and get very angry. When you talk about baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, people will come against you. They'll call you names and they don't want it. They're sometimes Christian people, they're the ones that really get mad. And when you go on healing, the same thing. They just, people just don't want to hear that. They want the simple, whatever it is they are looking for. But I, I didn't see Jesus with my eyes. I didn't see him raise the dead. I've got to see something. Amen? And I'm glad that he's willing to show me something to show, show that he is God. And that he is real. Otherwise, it would just all be in my mind. I haven't seen anything miraculous. How do I know God really is? I haven't seen anything that he's done right before my eyes. That used to bother me. But I've seen. And so it doesn't bother me. I can think on those things. Whatever is true. Whatever is a good report. I can think on those things. And when I think on those things, they encourage me that God is real. That's why I'm not afraid. Bring the sick here. Bring them here. Invite them to come to church. 
will they see healing? Yes, certainly. Because Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And he is going to be Jesus just like he was in the Bible days when we meet. And whatever we expect, that's what he's going to give to us. He said, be it unto you according to your faith. He won't disappoint us. Amen. So I'm not, I'm not going to bring somebody to church who is sick. What if God doesn't heal? You got, you're suffering from a, a disease called unbelief. That's what it is. And if that's you, please don't bring them here. Because that disease does, does produce. But encourage yourself in the word of God. That God's going to show a miracle to my friend. He's going to know that this God lives. And guess what God does? He sees that and he makes sure they're friends. He never disappoints you. Amen? He says, those who believe shall never be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. So he sent them out to heal and to preach the kingdom. And they all came back rejoicing because that's exactly what God had done. Now, in Mark chapter 16, Jesus made it very broad. And I like to read that scripture because God showed me something today as I was reading the scripture again. Uh, he showed me this. Mark 16, verse 15 through 18. And he said to them, that it was speaking to the disciples, and make sure that you know this. He wasn't speaking just to the twelve. Okay? This was before he was taken up. How many know the number of people that were at the Mount Olives when, Olives when Jesus went up? How many? 500 people. 500 people. While he was instructing them to wait for the gifts of the Father. We read in, uh, we read in Mark and then you read in Luke. But again, you can read in Acts. But they are all the same thing. These things happen just 10 days after Jesus rose from the dead. So he was talking to them. And the people that were around him, when he went up, 500 people. And he was speaking to them. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How many creatures? Every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will cast out demons. These signs follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. If there are no demons to cast out, <laughs> this statement doesn't make any sense. Why would you be casting out something that doesn't exist? Demons are. And we believers can cast them out. How many believers do we have here tonight? Let me see your hand up. How many believers? He was talking about you. He was talking about you. These signs follow. They, you don't follow them. They follow you everywhere you go. You can cast out demons. Now, it wasn't just the twelve. It wasn't just the seventy. We're dealing with a multitude of people. Every believer. Notice he separated them. You go preach the gospel. What are they? Are they not believers? 
They are believers. You are going to preach the gospel. So that's you. When you preach the gospel, what are you supposed to do? Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. That's those of them that are preaching. But then Jesus went further. Those who believe in you will do the same. That's what he was saying. (coughs) Hello. These signs follow those who believe. Don't take yourself out of the word of God. That's me. Jesus found himself in in Isaiah chapter 61. That's me there. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He says, this scripture is fulfilled right here. You're looking at that scripture here. This scripture is talking about you. That's you in the scripture right here. These signs follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. I like people arguing about tongues. And not, well, are you a believer? Are you a believer? Is it saying some believers will speak in tongues and others will not? This scripture says these signs follow those who believe. So we got some believers that speak in tongues, but they can cast out devils. And we got some believers that can drink deadly poison and they never die. And, and those that speak in tongues, if they drink the poison, they all fall down and die. Is this, is that, does that make sense? These signs follow those who believe. They'll speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. You know what that means? I used to think, what, do you, what does it mean, take up serpents? And some people take it literally. They go handle rattlesnake until it bites them and they die. And everybody says, you see, God didn't protect them. No, that means you can toy with the devil and his demons and come out unhurt. He says, I give unto you power. Luke 10, 19. I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You toy with the enemy and demons. They can't do anything to you. That's what he's saying. Not to go take up rattlesnake, you'll die. Excuse me. But even if you mistakenly you are beaten by that, just like with Paul in Acts, you can shake that off. You don't have to die. The guy knew the scripture. He didn't mind it. He just shook that beast off and and then continued to warm himself. And the people said, he's going to fall. He's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. This man is a wicked man. He escaped the storm, but then he's dying. A snake beat him. I mean, that's a bad snake. That's bad. And then after a while, they see him smiling. and Hey, he's got to be a god. This is God. That's the way they reacted. The gods have come to us. What's happened to us? We need to believe the scriptures. We need to believe the scriptures. It says, they'll heal the sick. They take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. That's you. He's talking about you. Angel and I watched a fellow uh, on, uh, on television, uh, this murderous wife. Uh, this guy was a preacher. I don't know where he found that wife uh, to be a preacher's wife. Uh, I don't know where he found. That's why it's wrong for you to go look for somebody who is not a Christian because you're desperate and you get married. But this preacher married this uh, 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 crazy woman, I'll call her, and, um, and, and she was poisoning him. And she gave him uh, arsenic. Is that the way you say it? Arsenic. 
and he, 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 he'll drink, and he'll get sick, but he, he'll recover. He'll recover. He'll recover. It's okay. We all have babies. That's okay. But this fellow will constantly come back. And she really gave him the last. She said, you're going to die. And she gave him a real large dose. And boy, he was sick. This time, he couldn't stay home. They had to take him to the hospital. And he was dying. And uh, they took a sample from his hair, trying to find out what was wrong. And uh, the the result came back. He had enough of that thing in his system. You know, that thing doesn't go anywhere. He stays in your system. They said he he had enough in his system, if I recall, to kill maybe a couple of horses. That was about. But he was still alive, smiling. They drink deadly things. Now, if he had taken it by himself, he'd die. But he was a believer. He believed that scripture. And God protected him. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All we have to do is believe. You know why you're listening to me here today? This is no coincidence. God's challenging you to believe his word. That's what he's doing. So he can do something in your life. He has something to do with you. And maybe you have not believed God enough. And he's been held back. And now he's showing you from his word that no matter how old or how young you are, he wants to use you and can use you. Why don't you take him out? Take him out of the church. Take him out there. Lay your hands on the sick. Because it's God's will for them to be healed. And you are the one that he's chosen to do this thing through. If this whole congregation, the Ark Fellowship, starts healing people from all over Houston, and people start here, and sometimes I go out, oh, I know that church. That's what they're telling me. I know that church. Where is it? The people know. But I would rather hear, oh, you are from that church where you, the people heal people. I like that. <laughs> and before long, we won't have any space in this place. Amen? So God's sending you out to heal the sick. Now, you do what it takes. Every time I go out, not everybody that comes in there gets healed. And I'm going to address that next time when, because I'm going to continue with this message until not everybody gets healed. But I've noticed something. The fear is for us, and I'm going to encourage you with this. The fear for us is what if they don't get healed? I've noticed something, and I'm going to be very clear. When I go, not everybody gets healed. I've had people that are crippled. That they come in, and I'll pray for them, and they still screw around. But guess what? I've noticed the people, instead of focusing on those who were not healed, for the most part, they don't remember those people. All they remember is those that were healed. Hello? And that's what they talk about. And then the next night, more people come. Even those that were not healed, they come back. 
Because they've seen the other person healed. And they're asking, what's the matter with me? What am I doing wrong? I need God to heal. So don't get disappointed if something doesn't happen. Try again. Amen? Try again. And God will do the unusual with you. I've never liked it when anybody, pastor, evangelist, apostle, start telling people, you know, uh, I am. I don't believe that. It's Jesus. I honor you for what God's doing through you, but I need to hear from your mouth that we also can do it. It takes nothing away from me. Amen? We are all together in this. I have my place. You got your place. But we are all working together. And we honor one another according to God's word. Amen? God wants to use you. Put your right hand up. Oh, don't you think it's only the right hand? So put the left one up as well. <laughs> Both of them are important. You can lay whether it's left or right. God can use those hands to heal the sick. Amen? Father, I just ask that because they have believed your, your word tonight, Lord, that they will go without fear, laying hands on those that are sick, children, adults, don't matter. Lord, let your grace be manifested through them. Let your healing power be manifested through them. I want to thank you for this, your people, and I thank you for the grace to obey your word. And Lord, we are so grateful that on that day, on the 12th of, of uh, this month, November, Lord, we believe of, of, of this month, we will see a great work here. And people will be healed. People will be delivered. People will be saved. And you'll be using your people. We're all together. We want to thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Now, I'm going to do this because I felt led to do it. If you're sick, it's time to get well. I need you to come up front. Don't come if you don't feel sick. 